What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Two Minute Drill. You got Dom, David, and myself, Nick. We're going to go over a few of the fun things that happened this past week in the NFL. The first thing I want to throw out there, guys, is uh, the Eagles got their first loss to Mm -hmm. the Commanders of all. I think think that ESPN or whoever put uh, um, the image up before this week they were like looking at their remaining schedule and they were like who's who's gonna beat the eagles and they were like nobody and i think that they kind of jinxed them a little bit because uh taylor heineke and uh scary terry came in and uh ruined their day and so in fact they also the commanders also beat the undefeated steelers that went 11 and a lot what like two three years ago now was it the commander or the washington football team yeah yeah that's pretty good. I saw that. Yeah. I think it was Facebook. I mean, listen, yeah, I think so if you're an undefeated football team and you see the commanders <laughs> on your schedule, you know, that's going to be a loss. Just forfeit. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, well, it's it's so weird because I, I feel bad for like people who are commanders fans or like Washington football fans in general. And then the players that play because like they're not they haven't been like the worst team in the NFL the past like four or five years. They've just been plagued with such like drama and they haven't been able to figure out the quarterback situation. So like, I feel like they've had good talent come in and out, you know what I mean? But they just haven't, they just haven't been able to get out of the the shadow of, you know, their owner. And I I don't know. It's just, it is kind of weird because when you look at them, they've performed well, you know what I mean? I think, yeah. Even when they brought in Alex Smith, you were like, okay, well, this is a team that still could compete. And then obviously he had the injury that he had. And it's just, it's just so I, weird. I feel like that organization would have been a lot better over the last couple of years if Alex Smith never got injured. Obviously, oh, yeah. Like, we, we know what he was in Kansas City. You know, they're, obviously he wouldn't be that great now because he's, what, 37, 38. But over the last couple of years, instead of, you know, Taylor Heineke and, you know, whoever they had before him. Or, uh, well, yeah, it was Kyle, well, Kyle Allen. Remember Kyle Allen? Yeah. <laughs> and speaking of Dan Snyder, <laughs> didn't someone bring up charges against him finally? Yeah, it was the the AG um, of the District of Columbia is suing him, the NFL, and Roger Goodell for like I guess everything that went on he's basically suing Snyder for all the stuff that he did and, and especially with all the um oh like sexual harassment um claims and stuff like that and then he's suing the NFL and Roger Goodell basically saying that they like knew about it and they didn't do anything about well, absolutely. it absolutely yeah which is I, I don't think is completely wrong I've, I've there's they definitely knew about it and they yeah. kind of were just like they were just like bad bad go sit in a corner for a year <laughs> and then, like nothing happened craft noises what what was with the minecraft noise because <laughs> that's what that's what i feel like snyder sounds like when he's getting yelled at <laughs> <laughs> i don't know but let's get back on topic here the eagles first loss what do you what do you guys think about that do you think this is a big deal or do you think it's just they you know, they, they won eight games in a row and they went in and they played a Washington team, like we said, that is is better than what people kind of give them credit for. I think that it is it a big deal? Not really, because 
we've seen undefeated teams come and go. I think it's more impressive if they actually went like completely undefeated and won the Super Bowl because we've only seen that happen once. And that was what the 72 Dolphins or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the, the Patriots—they they played, they played a shorter season then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But still, the, like, they played less than fifteen games. The point is still there. They they did something that no other team did, and that was complete a an un, not only an undefeated season, but they won the Super Bowl as well. Which to Nick's point, because I know he was trying to bring up the the New England Patriots undefeated season, they lost in the Super Bowl. So yeah, no, I mean, listen, I don't. I don't think it's necessarily a big deal. I kind of put that out there as like a whatever, but I I think I, they were they were bound to lose one, not because I don't think that they're not capable of going undefeated, but it's just it's so hard to do. And when you when you compile a, a, a seventeen game season and you compile all the injuries and you have to go you know week in and week out of just preparing and trying to beat teams and and even though we see teams like like the Steelers like the, who are just having a god awful season or the Bears where Justin Fields is basically like holding them together by I don't he's a wizard at this point but like those teams that may be bad but they can still beat other teams in the NFL you're still yeah, playing I, against like some of the best guys to play in you know football it, that they're in the world right now so i just think that like it was it was bound to happen it's just I think people are just holding it <laughs> because they think that Washington isn't a good franchise or a good organization at this point. Yeah. I mean, they're not a good organization, but they're not a bad football team. Like they're, they were a team that's on the cusp of, you know, contending for a wild card spot. It's not like they were playing the 2017 Browns, you know, it, it, it would have been a bigger deal if they were playing a, as bad of a team as, you know, 2016, 2017 Browns. But if you look at the NFL, even the worst teams in the league, like the Texans, the Panthers, they're still like they still got talent on on those teams. Mm-hmm. And even, you know the the Texans, who only have one win, they haven't really been blown out in a lot of games. They've been competitive in in quite a bit of their games. So I, I think it's just a tougher league to to really go undefeated because every team has talent, and you know. Any team can beat any team on any Sunday. You know, as cliche as that is to say, it's kind of true at this point. No, I mean it definitely is. Um, I mean, speaking about like any given Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> speaking about like, right. Um, but what do you guys think about? Obviously, I don't know if we. I think we hinted at it last week about the Jeff Saturday hire for the Colts, but they did get a win this week. I know it's not necessarily like the most impressive win, but Matt Ryan went back out there and started. I don't think he turned the ball over. You know, he played a clean game and Jeff Saturday gets his first win as a head coach, you know, obviously interim head coach, but I guess, what do you guys take from that? Do you think maybe every, the noise about everybody being pissed off about him getting that opportunity and maybe somebody else goes away? Um, or do you think it adds more pressure onto him for the rest of the season? I don't really think it adds much or takes away anything. I mean, Everyone knows it's going to be unless they win out the rest of the season and make the playoffs and are pretty successful in the playoffs. It's just an interim job. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, you know Jim Irsay, the um, erratic drunk that he is, thought, okay, looked at the coaching staff. There, there's really nobody here that I think would be, you know, good enough to to really fill in even for the rest of the season. So he's like, screw it, Jeff Saturday. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, 
he's a team legend. He, you know, I, I, I alluded to this uh, last episode. He obviously knows how locker rooms should operate. He knows mm-hmm. how to manage players because he was a player. Um, obviously, he's seeing things a little bit differently from a player perspective other than, you know, a guy that's been a coach for 20 years. You know, maybe they'll catch lightning in a bottle for the next couple games, but I don't really think it'll make really that fundamental of a change. Well, here, I guess, like, to to pivot from that, too, and I was kind of thinking about this, was, like, Jeff Saturday's not a guy who's going to go out there and scheme up the offense or the defense, right? He's going to be more of, like, the day-to-day operations, you know, um, on-the-field management, making certain type of calls and, you know, fourth-down calls, whatever (laughs) that may be, locker room management, those kinds of things. And he's going to try to surround himself with guys who are going to be able to make those kinds of plays. And I guess – We've seen people like whether that's Mike Tomlin, like Mike Tomlin's obviously a defensive guy, but he's not out there scheming up defensive plays. You look at like Bill Belichick, he's not out there really scheming up plays. He's he has guys that he's put around him. And when you look at those two guys as probably some of the most successful NFL coaches that we've seen, you know, in the league since it started, um, compared to a lot of these other guys that are getting hired because they do have that play calling prowess whether it's on the defensive side of the ball or the offensive side of the ball and they haven't been as successful you know when you talk about all the people that have come from the Patriots had their stint somewhere for like two or three years and then they get fired and end up going back but you know I is there is there something to be said about somebody who just knows football and makes good decisions and is a really good you know leader of men like a Mike Tomlin or like a a Bill Belichick in, in their right and they can go in there and surround themselves with the best play callers and be successful because they they are more of that like players coach and they are really good at managing those situations. Well, you you lost me. Uh, sorry. What was the question? <laughs> that was a lot. No, well, I mean I, just, you, 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 sorry, you rambled a little bit. No, well, I mean just like the, the the difference between like like I said, the difference between like a player's coach and like somebody who's really good at just managing the football, I guess, side of the operation and surrounding themselves with really good play callers. And then, you know, juxtaposed to that of like hiring somebody who is an offensive genius. Like when you have, you know, the Dolphins, they're, they're hired this past summer, you know, where he's out there, you know, actually calling the offense. And we've seen that that hasn't been as successful as these other guys like Mike Tomlin or Bill Belichick. Like, but you also have, you know, Sean McVay, Kyle Shanahan. No, yes, and I understand that too. But, I mean, is 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 Kyle Shanahan successful? I mean, he got to a Super Bowl, but he hasn't been able to get over the hump. You know what I mean? So is that – what what is – I guess what is success in that then? You know what I mean? Well, I, I think we need to just stop saying, oh, they never won a Super Bowl, so they weren't successful. Kyle Shanahan is regarded as the one of the greatest offensive minds in the league. He's been to two NFC championship games in what, four years as a head coach. And if things go as they're looking this year, they very well could be again in the NFC championship game. So I, I still would call that successful just because he hasn't won a Super Bowl yet. Doesn't mean that they're not successful. Andy Reid still calls his plays, even though he has Eric Bieniemy. I'd say he's been successful. Um, Sean McVay, I'd say he's also been successful. So I think you know, just the locker room guys that defer to their coordinators, you know, like Tomlin, like Belichick, they're, you know, they're, we see success in both styles of coaching. 
So mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't necessarily say one is better than the other. It's just, it comes down to the execution of the individual coach. Yeah. No, on top I, of that, I think that the head coach by and large part is kind of like your player manager, your, to some degrees, your player manager, you're, they're there to control egos, essentially. Yeah, and I control the egos, make sure that everyone is supposed to do what they're supposed to do. Now, if they're able to do that and control like offensive or defensive plays, great, that's phenomenal. But the base part of your job as a manager is ego control. Yeah. Well, I mean, the basis of like controlling their own egos. And I think to really be successful, coaches have to know what their strengths and weaknesses are. I think sometimes we see coaches maybe try to do too much. You know, they try to be that player coach, but also like try to handle everything and they don't want to defer Mm -hmm. any power towards their coordinators. And it just doesn't work. Well, so I tell, I tell people all the time too, when they, you know, when they're interested in, in being in a leadership position and in, in the job that, you know, David and I do, but like, I always tell them all the time, like you have to be able to internalize your own strength, strengths and weaknesses and kind of look out to the people that you're leading and see where they fit, you know, in that spectrum of, of where, where you think you're at, whether they're better or worse, because you being a leader doesn't mean that you're the best at everything that you're leading people to do. You just, you know how to put people in the best possible situations to be successful. And I right. think that that's, that's something that a lot of people have trouble with, like you said, because they think that they, they can go out there and do more than what they're really capable of doing or take on more responsibilities than what they should when they should be trying to find somebody who can do it even better than them and be okay with that and have that, have that humbleness, you know, to be able to be like, listen, I know that I cap out at a certain point but I know that you're going to be able to take us even farther. You know what I mean? I think that that's, but I guess the whole thing, when I did that whole long thing, it was just to get back to the point of like, do you think that Jeff Saturday could be a really good, like coach, like a Tomlin, like a Belichick, where he's a very good, like locker room management guy. And he's really good at surrounding himself with the best people to, to make those play calls during games and stuff like that. And maybe have a a coaching career in the NFL after this opportunity. Well, I think that everyone has that chance. It's just a matter of you actually pulling through and doing it. Yeah. Having the chance and actually doing it. I mean, there's nothing to say that he can't. I mean, I know he doesn't before this last week, he never had any coaching experience, but there's a reason why he was considered for the job in the first place. And as long as, you know, like we said, as long as he knows what his strengths and weaknesses are and he can defer to his coordinators and, you know, motivate the team and, you know, manage the game clock well, then, yeah, I I don't see any reason to not think that he couldn't be a good coach. Yeah. Well, I mean, only time will tell. Like, maybe maybe they went out and put themselves in the playoffs. Who knows? I I don't know. But uh, to kind of – Besides, this only, we said this was only an interim job. Yeah. It's, it was only to finish out the season. I mean, listen, if it, doesn't work, if it doesn't work out, he's going to go back to TV and make millions of dollars doing that anyway. So, like, I mean, <laughs> win-win, I guess, in this situation. He gets to, to live out a dream, and, and then he could just go back to sitting behind a desk and arguing with Stephen A. Smith. So, Or, uh, I mean, who knows? It, even if they don't go undefeated, if 
if there's clear improvement in the team. Oh, I'm not, I'm not saying that they have to go undefeated for him to get a job. Then, yeah. yeah, even if they go, you know, if they lose maybe two, three games the rest of the way, yeah, well, at least consider him for the job. Yeah, or, I mean, maybe maybe something pops up down the road where maybe he's just one of those guys that people are like, hey, we fired our coach halfway through the season. You want to come, you know, get us through the rest? He just becoes the, the interim guy. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but just to let's go ahead and talk about a team that that Dom kind of brought up their head coach in Sean McVay and in the Rams and just the way their season has looked. And now I don't know if you guys saw that Cooper Cup's out for like at least four weeks with uh, he's having like surgery on his ankle. So they lost him pretty much their I would probably say their best player on their team. Yeah. And Matthew Stafford hasn't looked great and he didn't even play this past week. Um, but when they played against the Rams. Guess guess what? Colt McCoy, or when they played against the Cardinals, Colt McCoy, did you see him come out and whoop the Rams' booty? No? You didn't see that? No? Okay, whatever, fine. Anyway. If it was last year's Rams, I would, I would be, you know, impressed. But this is <laughs> – The fact that Colt McCoy is still in the league is like – There's no wear tear on his body because he – up until last year, he hadn't started since when he, uh, James Pearson almost knocked his head off. In what 2012? Yeah, yeah. Dang, <laughs> that sucks too because he probably derailed his career just a little bit. <laughs> anyway, but Dom, Dom 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 knows my like weird love for Colt McCoy. But anyway, back back yeah, to the- kind of weird, but yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I just for whatever reason he's probably like my favorite Browns quarterback, and I don't I don't know why, but like because you feel bad for him because James Harrison almost committed murder on live TV. Well, I just I think that like. I, I always go back to him and I think like I think that's a big part of the reason I think he just wasn't the same after that. But also I just feel like he could have been so much better and he just just couldn't find the right spot and, and I don't know. I just when the Browns drafted Brandon Whedon and kind of replaced him in that situation, I just kind of feel like I don't know. It just sucked because I just feel like he had so much left, and I I still kind of feel like during that time when they had like twenty something different quarterbacks or whatever, I feel like he was probably at least top three out of all of them, if not the best one out of all of them. And I just feel like they didn't give him the proper chance to mm. to really succeed there. So well, I don't know. Anyway, the Rams. The Rams, <laughs> yes. So the Rams have – they've sucked ass this year. And I don't know – I guess we kind of looked at this team and we were like, it's a, it's a really similar team to what won the Super Bowl last year. It's not like it really changed much. And they added probably one of the best middle linebackers of – all time and they still... yeah but it was the ghost of bobby wagner it's not like it was prime bobby wagner no but i mean he's still he's he's st- like last year he still was productive like he still was one of the better linebackers in the league so like even though it wasn't like the best version of himself last year like he still was really good so you would think adding him in there and aaron donald still on that defense and you know you having jalen ramsey you, like i like we stated at the beginning of the year you would think we thought that they had three superstars at all three levels of the defense. And then when you look to the other side of the ball, you were like, they have the quarterback and they have the wide receiver. So, I mean, you, I think even last year, Stafford was a little too dependent on Cooper cup. Now you throw in the tendonitis in the elbow or, or is it arthritis or tendonitis? I think it's arthritis. He has some elbow issue that yeah, move out even in the preseason. Then is, you also have Allen Robinson that is has been non-existent all year because 
Stafford is insistent on throwing to Cooper Cup 40 times a game. And then you have no running back. You have Cam Akers who gets maybe two yards of carry. And Darnell Henderson hasn't done anything. Yeah. And they have superstars at all three levels of the defense, but Aaron Donald can't be your only pass rush. Bobby Wagner can't be your only good linebacker. And Jalen Ramsey can't be your whole secondary. Like he can't cover the whole field. He can only lock down one wide receiver at a time. And if you're going up against a team that has more than one good wide receiver, those other guys are going to be open. So there's not much he could do. And I guess this goes to our point, like when we talked about it, I don't know if it was a couple weeks ago or earlier in the season, just about if you give six guys max money that they're supposed to get at their position, you can't pay anybody else. And I think the Rams are in that situation right now where if they're, they're guys, they just don't have enough. They don't have enough at all the other positions for those guys to make up for it anymore. And especially when Matthew Stafford is not playing the way that, that you would expect him to play. And, and now that Cooper cups out, all I know is trading away Matt Stafford was a good decision in fantasy. Yeah. Well, so but I guess he, I guess that like we we look at their division, right? Like, so it's it's them, the Cardinals, the Seahawks, and the 49ers. <laughs> Do the Seahawks win that division? I think it's gonna be close with them and the 49ers. Like if I had to bet, I would put my money on the 49ers just because I think overall, I think they have a little bit of a better team. They, I know Geno Smith's having an amazing season. Don't get me wrong. If anything, I think Geno Smith should be in the MVP conversation right now. Um, but I'm sorry, I'm taking Christian McCaffrey over whoever's running the ball in, um, in Seattle. I don't, I don't think, I don't think he's really going to do much like running. I think, I think now that well, Elijah, I, I, I think overall, I, I like Debo Samuel, Brandon, Ayuk, Christian McCaffrey. Yeah. And Jimmy Garoppolo just to, you know, keep things steady. Don't really turn the ball. Well, over. They, they just, they just got Elijah Mitchell back and, and he put up 80 something rushing yards. So like, I mean, I, I, I get what you're saying. Like overall as a team, they're a lot better. Their defensive line, their front seven, I think, is a lot better, but it's just, I, I don't know. I mean, it, I still, I still think they're going to make the playoffs, whether they're a wild card team, you know what I mean? I, it's just, it's so, it's so weird that we thought like, oh, this, this is going to be a team that tanks and drafts a quarterback. And now we're looking at them maybe competing in the playoffs and Geno Smith being their future quarterback, which is maybe short term future. He's what 30, he's in his thirties now. He's been in the league for 10 years. I don't know. Well, here, let's let's ask Siri. Let's see if Siri knows. Hey and, Siri, how old is Geno Smith? He's thirty-two. Yeah. Well, speaking so, of, I mean, maybe, we're still going to get a top ten draft pick at this rate because the yeah, Denver Broncos are sitting at three and six. That is fair too. Like I think I think they they that is crazy. Like they they totally could draft. Like if the Broncos just keep, I that's crazy, man. Yeah, and then they, and I mean, just... they don't even they don't even need to really draft a quarterback right now if they're not sold on any of the guys that are coming out in this draft. Geno Smith can be your bridge guy for a couple more years and re- play really well, and use all the picks this year to load out that team. You know, really solidify that offensive line, get more weapons because Tyler Lockett, I think, is you know we've seen the peak of Tyler Lockett, mm-hmm. but you still. Hey, Metcalf, go get another wide receiver. Go, you know, fill out that defense and then see what quarterbacks are. Hell, 
get uh, Archie Manning when when he's uh, coming Arch out. Manning. Yeah, dude, that'd be crazy. I don't know. I mean, like, because honestly, I feel like the best quarterback in this draft that's going to come out is going to be C.J. Stroud. But I, as an Ohio State fan, like watching him play all year, I just I don't know if it's him not having Jackson Smith and Jigba, but he just hasn't looked as polished as you would want him to look in year two. Like, comparatively, I remember we talked about this before. I, I think I asked you, do you think he's, you know, maybe a little bit overrated? And I think we both had the consensus that he kind of is. I don't, I don't think it's that he's overrated. I just don't. Th- this is what I'll say for Ryan Day went with him last year because he was the more experienced quarterback and because he felt that with his experience, he could win more games. But I think he wanted this year to like to start um oh what's his name that went to texas no yours yes i i think he his ultimate plan was to have yours play because they're they're supposed to get another like top five quarterback in the nation in the next recruiting class for next year who's going to be a freshman so i'm assuming he would just be like yeah you're going to red shirt and then yours would play two years go to the nfl draft and then you would play two years and i think that's their goal and I think with CJ, like he was like, this guy can go out there. He can still sling the rock. Like he had literally Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson, who I think out of out of those two, and then you know uh, what Williams from Alabama, like those were the three best wide receivers in college football last year. And he had two out of the three. So I think he thought like those guys are going to make CJ look way better than you know what I mean. They're going to help him out, and he's just kind of gone out here and I don't know. It's just it's weird. Like there's not there's. I think this will be like the second year in a row where there's a quarterback class where it's just like, I'm not crazy impressed. Now there are crazy athletes. Like they're, they're really good. And maybe, maybe, maybe we have to change the way that we look at the quarterback position now where it's not necessarily, they have to be such polished passers, but can they, can they run the ball? Cause I mean, I'm going to pivot here, but we could look at what Justin Fields is doing. And we've looked at what Lamar has done this whole time since he's been in the league. And Lamar is 13th on the rushing leader list and Fields is sixth on the rushing leader list. So two out of the top 15 top rushing, like rushing yards in the league are quarterbacks, which I don't think that we've like ever seen (laughs) before this point. You know what I mean? I don't want to say ever, but I would put money down that this is probably like one of the first times that we've seen this. So maybe, maybe we have to change the way we look at the quarterback position. I, I don't, I don't know about that. I mean, obviously your running ability is important, but I don't think it's everything. Like you still have to be a polished passer because it's such a pass heavy league right but now. Do, like, but do that, you though? But I mean, but that's what I'm saying. But because I mean, like Justin Fields is only running so much because he has to because he has no offensive line. I'm pretty sure if if you gave Justin Fields a top offensive line, he wouldn't be six in rushing right now. You know, he maybe maybe top top twenty, but he's only running so much because he's literally running for his life. Yeah, and his passing his passing stats would be a lot better because he have a better offensive line, and so you. Lamar Jackson, he'd have better passing stats if he had someone other than Mark Andrews to throw to. Yeah. Well, I mean, I still I still think that Lamar would be right around where he's at. You know what I mean? I think he'd be right around 15th. At yeah, the but his passing stats would be a little, a little bit better. Yeah. I, I think no matter what, at the quarterback position, your ability to pass the ball, make accurate throws, and read a defense is still going to be most important. Your athletic ability and your running ability, that's just added. Like, mm-hmm. it 
you can you can be the best athlete on the field, but that doesn't mean that you, you be good at the quarterback position if you can't throw the ball because that's still the most important part of the job. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. David, you got an opinion on that before we move on? No. That no. just about sums it up. So. Okay. Well, um, before we end the show on a, on a segment, I, I was like, uh, I want to do a segment on would you rather. But I wanted to talk about uh, Justin Jefferson and the Stefan Diggs battle that we had. And both of them having basically one-hand catches and Justin Jefferson's catch being like, just insane and then the backstory that comes from justin jefferson v stefan diggs i don't know if dom was raising his hand to say this but if you guys don't know at home when the vikings traded stefan diggs to the bills the picks that the vikings got back in return one of they used one of those picks to draft justin jefferson Mm -hmm. so they basically replaced Stefan Diggs, who I'm Stefan Diggs is still a top wide receiver in the league. Like he has really done well for the Bills, and I still think he has a lot left in the tank. But Justin Jefferson, I would argue, is probably the best wide receiver in the league. Um, and I don't know, it's definitely it's definitely interesting. So what did you guys think about? I don't know if you guys watched the game or not, if you watched any of the highlights, but what did you think about the matchup and the, the game in general? I think it was the game of the season. Mm-hmm. And I think that uh, Justin Jefferson catch at the end, that one-handed catch, I think that might be the greatest catch that I've ever seen. I think that's better than the Odell catch. I think it's better than um, the, the helmet catch in the Super Bowl. That, I, that was the greatest thing I've ever seen. Yeah, I think I, – to me, to me, the greatest catch in the Super Bowl, and it's not because <laughs> I'm biased, but it, it's, it's, it's just Antonio Holmes' catch in the corner. I think that – the difficulty of that, the getting your toes down, I think that that was probably the best and most difficult catch in Super Bowl now, history. That one catch in the Super Bowl with, with the Seahawks um, against the Patriots, where the guy would, like, fumble the ball. He was rolling on the ground, trapped it between his legs, then caught the ball. Um, okay, I can I can see the most – that's probably the most difficult. But still, I think the San Antonio Holmes catch is probably the best. And that Justin Jefferson catch, the way that he, like – ripped it out of the defender's hands and was falling towards the ground and was able to cradle it and it not fall out. I think that's, I agree with Dom. I think that's probably the best catch that we've ever seen in NFL history. Like just, and, and he was, how sticky those gloves are. And he was, he was was fully extended. That's the other thing too. It's not like he, he was fully extended and brought that, brought that shit back in. I mean, that's, Mm -hmm. I mean, but Stefan Diggs had not like the com- a complete similar one, but he fully extended out and brought one in earlier in the game too. So, I I, I, I think I think both guys had something to prove. Obviously, I think Stefan had a little bit more to prove. Like, hey, y'all y'all traded me away and replaced me with this dude. I'm gonna come out and show you. Like, mm-hmm. y'all y'all messed up, but I, it's hard to argue against what Jeff Justin Jefferson has been his entire career. I mean. It's what year four, and I think in year one he was already considered one of the best wide receivers in football. Yeah, and that just that game was just exciting all around. I mean, what thirty three to thirty or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, can we finally stop shitting on Kirk Cousins? Like I was about to say that. Yeah, I, I'm, I, I've been talking about this for the longest time with you guys. Like we all shit on Kirk Cousins, and I'm over here like he hasn't been that bad of quarterback. And I bring up the stats: he's top ten in passing yards every year, he's top ten in passing touchdowns every year. 
He's doing it again this year. He hit, had arguably the game of his life on Sunday. This, this is, this is, is what I'll is, say. Is he Patrick Mahomes? No. Is he Tom Brady? No. This but is, he's still a damn good quarterback. So this, <laughs> this, is, this is what I'm going to say about Kirk Cousins. All right. Kirk Cousins, I think since, since he probably hit his stride there in Washington, I, I would, I would agree with you that he's probably been a, at least a top 15 quarterback in the league every year, if not maybe closer to top 10, right? The only thing with Kirk Cousins that makes him like hard to put in the top 10, you know, or, or put as a top quarterback in the league every single year is like, is those three or four games that he has a year where he just like, it's not that he just shits the bed. Like he looks like, the worst quarterback in the league, like in those three or four games where he just, he just is awful. And then when you ask him to win in big time situations, he just hasn't done it. You know what I mean? So I think like for me, like, yes, is, is Kirk cousins a really good quarterback? Of course. Like I think if you went down the list of quarterbacks in the league right now, he would probably be in my top 15 somewhere that I would take maybe even top 10 to lead my franchise. If I put good enough guys around him, he's going to get it done, but would you, would you put him over someone like Dak Prescott. Cause I honestly, I would, you bring up not being able to perform in big moments and putting the team on your back and, you know, having them win the game. What has Dak Prescott done? Yeah. Other than put up, you know, big, big numbers in the regular season and then choking the playoffs when, whenever they've made the playoffs because it, on top of that, Dak has been too, too injured per injury prone for me to put him in the top 10, even remotely top 15. I mean, Dak, honestly, Dak is probably in the similar situation where you look at him and he just, he, he is like one of the, you know, top 15 quarterbacks in the league, but he has games where he just shits the bed, but he also has games where you're like, wow, this dude is, he looks like the best quarterback in the league. That's the difference. Those, those, like, games, I, I don't, those games are few and far between. Though. But at least but at least he has those. I don't think Kirk Cousins has ever had a game where I looked at him and I was like, yeah, that dude's the best quarterback in the league. You know what I mean? But Dak, I don't but, think I've ever seen Dak put Dak, up a, Dak, like, Dak has, Dak has had him over. I, I've never watched Dak play and say, wow, I'd rather have him over Patrick Mahomes. I would okay, maybe, maybe, maybe the best quarterback in the league is is wrong to say, but top five at least. You know what I mean? But Dak Dak has at least had games where you were like, okay, that he's he's a dude. Like I would I would want him on my team over the majority of the other quarterbacks in the league. You know what I mean? Like there's there's always been five or six guys where I, I'd look at that and I'd be like, yeah, I'd rather have him over Kirk Cousins. I mean, hell, there, I, I want the Browns to trade for him in the offseason before they went and got to Sean Watson. There, I mean, I would I would have loved the Steelers to have Kirk Cousins. <laughs> I think that that would have been – because the Vikings, for some reason, were looking on shipping him out. They didn't have any faith in him. I don't know why, but – the, the Steelers, I would have like, yeah, that'd been a good situation for me, even though our offensive line is shit. But <laughs> so I don't know. It's definitely definitely interesting. I I don't know, but I know that uh, we got to get off here in a couple minutes. So I want to move into would you rather. So this is basically a segment where I'm just going to throw a player out there, and then I'm going to name like maybe five or six guys at their position and see if you guys would rather have them over them or not. So I did running back, wide receiver, and quarterback, and then maybe our next episode we'll do some other positions or something like that. So just from what – Left tackle. Yeah, left tackle. But just from what, what we've seen so far this season, um, and 
this is meant to be like a right now kind of thing. Who would you rather have right now? Not what they've done in the past or what you think that they could do next year, but who would you rather have right now at this moment going forward for the rest of the season from what they've done? So I'm we're start with running backs and the running back that I think is arguably probably the best running back in the league right now. I'm, I'm going to put his name out there and see what you guys think about other running backs compared to him, but I'm, Nick Chubb. So would you guys rather have Nick Chubb or Josh Jacobs? Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb, any day. I agree. Uh, Nick Chubb or Derrick Henry? Nick Chubb. Still Nick Chubb because Dick uh, Henry's still injury prone. And he had one injury. But still. So, I mean, but Nick, is it Nick Chubb's had injuries too? Like they, they yeah, both had yeah. I'm like, you can't. You can't okay, <laughs> Nick, you even said you you think he's the best running back in football right well, now. I said, I'm, I said, I said he's he's probably he's probably one of the best running backs. I I don't. So you I, I you guys, he's the best running back in football. So for me, I would probably still go Nick Chubb, but it's not clear. It's really close. Like oh yeah, like both yeah. are great options. I'm not. I'm not denying that. Maybe. But. Maybe going forward, say 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 clearly, Nick Chubb, or say like maybe say something like it's close or something like that. You know what I mean? That way. That way we know it. That way the people know at home too that you're not just like yeah, Derrick Henry sucks. Um, okay, Nick Chubb or Saquon Barkley. Nick Chubb. Uh, right now close. it's Saquon Barkley. Close, but I, I'd still I'd still take Nick Chubb, just because I know that I can rely on him. Like he, he's had injuries. They've all been early in his career and in college. This is the first but time. Like, but like right, but right now. Yeah. Right now, this is the only time that we've seen a full season of Saquon Barkley. Okay, except for his rookie year. I'd sit – I'm going Nick Chubb because I know I can rely on him more than I can rely on Saquon Barkley. Okay. So is it, I is also, it like – I also still think that he's, he's overall just a better running back. I agree. It's, it's close. Like I think – I think it's yeah. not as close as Henry and Chubb for me, but it's close. Like, I think Henry and, and Nick Chubb for me are like, it's like one A, one B, and I think they switch off week on and week out. Um, Miles Sanders, Nick Chubb, Nick yeah, Chubb. I think that's a clear one. Clearly, clearly Nick Chubb. Um, uh, Jonathan Taylor. If you asked me last year, I would have said Jonathan Taylor, but I'm I'm sticking with Nick Chubb. It's, yeah, it's right now. Yeah, Nick Chubb. Yeah, I'm gonna go with Nick Chubb too. Mm. Is it close for you, David? Yeah. Okay. Well, wait, well who I mean, would you I pick, though? I understand why it'd be close because we know we know the talent's there. It just, for whatever reason, if it's injuries, if it's offensive line, if it's, you know, scheme with the quarterback because they know that they don't have that good of a quarterback, so they're being trying to be too dependent on Jonathan Taylor, it's just not clicking this year. Um, so I, think, I get I think I think it's like – it's like a situation where they know if they stop the run, Matt Ryan's not going to burn them. You know what I mean? So it's like, but I, I, I think that this, this is probably just as close as Derek. I think Nick Chubb, Derek Henry, and, and like JT, I think those are the top three guys in the league where you're like, if you had any three of them, I don't think you're upset. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I think that you're pretty happy with what you got. Uh, the oh. last guy I had on here was uh, Nick Chubb or uh, CMC. Nick Chubb. Yeah. Nick Chubb on that one. I think he's a better runner, but I think CMC is a better like, like athlete gadget guy. You know what I mean? I think. Yeah, I mean Nick Chubb is not really good catching the ball. Obviously, we we yeah. know Christian McCaffrey is, um, but just as a pure runner, it, it, Nick yeah. Chubb. The Forty ers have two of the like gadget guys in the league at this point. Mm-hmm. So, 
Um, all right, wide receiver. We just said his name earlier. I think we made that argument that he could be the best wide receiver in the league, but let's put him up against other people. So Justin Jefferson or Tyreek Hill? It's hard. That's hard. Tyreek Hill for me on this one. Okay. Guys, combined with Jalen Waddell and Tua, he's done absolutely freaking phenomenal. And like we said, what, a week or two ago, the guy's lead is halfway through the season at almost 2,000 yards. I'm going to go with Justin Jefferson because of his ability to make difficult catches. Obviously, we, we know Tyreek Hill's speed and athletic ability and his ability just to, you know, break everybody's ankles and, and you know, turn something into nothing. But just ability to make difficult catches, uh, yeah, Justin Jefferson. This is probably the second closest, like, one for me out of this list, and the last one will be the closest one for me, I think. But um, I don't know. I, I'm going to go with Justin Jefferson like Dom but it's I'm not like it's it's not a for sure thing. I think it's really close. <laughs> yeah, um, I, honestly, I'd be happy with both. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> with, with, well, with, well, dude, you, they're they're completely different. Like Tyreek Hill is is fast and he's he's you want to hit him in space. But Justin Jefferson's a guy that can go out there and make pretty much any catch. So that's why I think that he's I would take him over Hill right now. Um, Justin Jefferson or Cooper Cup. Justin Jefferson. Okay. Um, Justin Jefferson or DK Metcalf? Justin Jefferson. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, Justin Jefferson or Devontae Adams? Justin Jefferson. Devontae Adams hasn't really made that much of an impact. I don't know if that's his fault, though, man. (laughs) His fault or not doesn't really matter. He he has. For the past three weeks, though, him and Derek Carr have been clicking with each other, so I don't know if they just figured it out. But I that that one to me is yeah, really close. What? Look at the head coach. Yeah, that one's really close to me. I think I think Devontae Adams is is still a top wide receiver in the league, but I would rather have Justin Jefferson at this point. Yeah. Um Justin Jefferson's teammate at LSU, Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase on that one. You're going with Jamar really? Chase, David. Yeah, I'm still going with Justin Jefferson. It's that one's that's close, man. That, I don't that's know. That's another close one. That's another Tyreek one. Um because where I think it's Jamar Chase and Tyree Kill can make get open and make their own plays. Whereas, Jamar, but Jamar Chase is another guy that can catch. He can catch pretty much everything that you you know what I mean. Like, it, mm-hmm. I, it, I think I'm not going to say a tie. I think right now, from what we've seen, I would take Justin Jefferson over Jamar Chase. But it's really freaking close like it's probably the closest one out of all of these and then the last one on this list was the guy that he just battled against justin jefferson or stefan diggs that's another tough one i'm still going justin jefferson i'm sorry yeah i gotta go with justin jefferson on that one yeah i don't i'm i'm gonna go i'm gonna go with diggs but it's not but it's not that far like what what's your reasoning for picking diggs other than we all just said Jefferson. I don't I, this this one's hard because I just again I feel like he's another guy that can catch pretty much everything that you can give him. If he gets the ball in space, he's gone. You know what I mean? But Justin Jefferson's the same way. I don't know. I just I just feel like at this point Diggs is a little bit more he's just a more a little bit more polished of a version of Justin Jefferson. I think by next year, Justin Jefferson, I think with Diggs age and everything and 
Jefferson's time in the league, I think that my answer would change. You know what I mean? It's cool. Yeah. It's it's re- it's like like if you if you if it was a measurement, it's like point one centimeter off. You know what I mean? It's not like it's not like it's a huge. But I don't know. I just feel like Diggs is a little bit more polished, just like that much more. And I would rather have him in that that role. You know what I mean? I don't know. It's that's a tough one. I don't know. Uh, last, just quarterback. We'll run through this real quick. Um, I have Josh Allen as the guy that people are going up against. I think mobility-wise, he's not the best, but he is a guy that can get it done. And passing-wise, I think that he has one of the strongest very, arms. Very good mobility-wise. Yes. I mean, I'm, well, he's not the best, but I think he's probably, you could argue, top five in the league mobility-wise. And arm talent-wise, I think he probably has one of the best arms in the NFL right now, accuracy-wise and strength-wise. So I think that there's – but you could look at other quarterbacks and there's other attributes that you like. You know what I mean? There's other guys that are stronger than him or more accurate than him. That's fine. Whatever. Um, Josh Allen or Jalen Hurts? Josh Allen. Josh Allen on that one. I agree. Close, I don't, I'm really impressed with how Jalen Hurts is playing this year, but I think Allen's ability as a pure passer is better. Obviously, Hertz has has the edge when it comes to rushing ability, mm-hmm. but Allen's still very good with his legs. And out of all the mobile quarterbacks, I'm probably more comfortable with him running just because the way that he's built. I know that he's going to be able to take more hits than someone like Lamar Jackson or um, than Justin Hertz. Yeah, uh, Justin. Her- nah, Justin Hertz. <laughs> yeah, sorry, <laughs> Josh Allen or uh, Tua. Josh, Josh Allen. I agree. Even though two is having two is having a really good season, but I think I think he just needs a couple more years before he's really like polished and and can be considered one of the best in the league. Um, Josh Allen or Geno Smith? Josh Allen. Don't get me wrong. Geno Smith is doing phenomenal for what he's done. I threw him on the list because like stats wise, he's up there. You know what I mean? But like, I agree. I I do think. I do think it's a bigger gap than the the two guys that we've said before, but I don't know. He's definitely having a better season this year. Uh, Josh Allen or Joe Burrow? I'd I'm going with Josh Allen. I'd still go with Josh Allen because if you, it would be a lot closer for me if you gave Joe Burrow the offensive line that Allen has. Yeah, I mean, also I think we've seen you know, greatness out of both of the quarterbacks, but I think we've seen more games where Joe Burrow just looks mid than Josh Allen. Like, don't get me wrong. We've seen great things and we've seen great games from both. I just think we've seen more greatness from Josh Allen. Um, you know, that, that doesn't mean that, you know, Joe Burrow can't become that player, but I think, I think for us, for us one day when Joe Burrow's like done playing football for us to really appreciate how good he was, we're going to need to see him have a second act somewhere else like a Carson Palmer and then look back at his Cincinnati days and be like, he was a lot better than what we thought. He willed that team to a lot more wins. Not necessarily. I mean, did. they they invest a lot of money in that offensive line, and it's it's gotten better as the season's gone on. Yeah, they had a bad game against the Browns, but the overall, if you look at the offensive line now compared to what it was week one, it's it's a lot better, and who's to say that it can't get any better? Here's here here here's my problem, and I don't want to be like a 
oh, well, it's the Bengals, it's the Bengals. But in our lifetime, the Bengals have done the best job as an organization in wasting quarterback talent. So I, I mean, until, until, until I'm, until I'm able to see it, like, like visibly see them make that change. They made it to the Super Bowl last year. What was because, that? Not, was that because, actually- because Joe Burrow was that good. Think about that. If Joe Burrow's not on that team, if they have somebody else, like, like not trying to be anything, but put like, put like Kirk Cousins on that team or put, Put Jalen Hurts on that team the way he's playing now. If I don't. Right away from the Patriots, would they have won all those Super Bowls? No, I don't think so. Okay, so yeah, that's you, that's that's that's, that, that's, that's what I'm saying. I think I think Joe Burrow is that good, and if he wasn't on that team last year, they're not making it to the Super Bowl. I don't think they're even making it to the playoffs. I think they're they're a shit team like they were before. Yeah, but you can't compare the Bengals now compared to the Bengals 20 years ago. <laughs> like clearly, but I can't. But I can't. I can't compare their organizational decisions in the way that they make decisions and put players around their quarterbacks. Like completely different front office. Like the people that are running the Bengals now compared to when we were kids, completely different. The only thing that's the same is the owner. Like, and that's. But that's. But that's what I'm saying. I need. I I need to see them do it. And if they do it then cool. Awesome. I'll sit there and be like, listen, Joe Burrow is going to be a Cincinnati great for the majority of his career. And he's going to have a lot more bites of the apple. But until I see it, I think so that what, like, what else does he need to do? Like he already made it to a Super no, Bowl. No, it's not. It's not. It's not him. It's not him. It's the organization. That's what I'm saying. I think for us to fully appreciate his career, he's going to need to go somewhere else like a Carson Palmer and have a second stint where he like, gets more playoff time and then we can look back at his days in Cincinnati and be like he really was better than what we thought. But I don't know. That's a conversation for another day. <laughs> um two more Josh Allen or uh, Justin Herbert. Josh Allen. Yeah, man, that's close. I'm I'm going Allen just because I know Herbert's injured. Um but fully healthy. I, I think Herbert well I talked about his stats um, earlier in the season for what he's done for the first part of his career and what he's averaging. Like it's historic what, you know, the pace that he was on, but right now I, I know he's injured and I know he's been kind of having a down season. So I'm, I'm going with Josh Allen. I think, I think he's a guy that if you, <coughs> I think he's a guy that you give him like the Josh Allen treatment where you give him until year three. And what, when we see him, in year because next year will be his third season, right? I believe, or is this year his third season? I think this is third season. Okay, um, so my, it might it might t- I think next next season when we see him as you know as long as there's not the injury bug that's biting him like it is right now, I think that um, I think that he probably would be considered probably the best quarterback in the league. Like Dom said, what he's been able to do is arm talent, his arm strength. I think he's pretty much him and him and Josh Allen are, are a lot of like, you know what I mean? So I think that's probably one of the closer ones. And then last on the list, obviously Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes, you know, these two guys are one, a one B every single week, but who would you guys rather have? Again, being boring, I've gone with the same answer for all these positions. Um, but yeah, Josh Allen, I think his, his ability to read a defense, Mm. is maybe a little bit better. I think his decision-making may be a little bit better. I feel like you can kind of fluster Mahomes into you know, making some poor decisions, especially late in games. Um, I mean, don't, 
don't get me wrong. These are these are the two best quarterbacks in the league right now. Um, but I, we've also we've would, also seen Patrick Mahomes do it in the Super Bowl. I would I would rather have Mahomes. Yeah, I was gonna say you give him the Josh Allen line. It's kind of the same thing yeah. with uh, one of the other or the Joe Burrow thing. You give uh, Patrick Mahomes the offensive line that Josh Allen has had throughout his career, then it's Patrick Mahomes all day every day. And I think. I think because it's like, uh, because he's kind of like. Uh, the Chicago quarterback and who's running for his life all the time. I think, I think that to end it on this, right. The difference between Mahomes and Burrow to Josh Allen is that there's the mental side of it. Right. And what we've, what we've looked at Brady all these years and we've said it and everybody said it since the beginning when he played, he's not the most physically gifted quarterback that we've ever seen. He's not the, he doesn't have the most arm talent. He doesn't have the most arm strength. He doesn't wow you in that department. There's always somebody that's better than him there, but it's the, it's that like that I'm going to win no matter fucking what. And I'm going to be the smartest guy on the field when it comes to that. And I'm not saying that Josh Allen isn't trying to be the smartest guy on the field, but I just think that like Joe Burrow and Patrick Mahomes have a better mental like their their mental side of the game is yeah. better than Josh Allen's and that's why like right now I give Josh Allen the edge over Burrow just because of the way they've been playing but I'll probably always give Mahomes the edge over Josh Allen just because he has the arm strength like their arm strength is similar you know their arm talent is similar but I think Mahomes just has a better his mental side of the game is just better and it's, yeah I think when when trying to, you know, decide who's better. I th- it's really been a school differences between the two quarterbacks. No, yeah, yeah. You, you, you look at, you know, arm strength. I, I think they're really comparable in, in terms of arm strength and, you know, in most aspects of what we use to determine who's a better quarterback, Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes are pretty much identical. So I he, either way. It's a can. tough – it's a tough one. I think, I think if you – if you gave – if you put them on, like – if you built a team of the best players at each position in the league right now, and you put that team out there and you put each of them at quarterback and let them play a season, I think both those teams go undefeated. And I think that their stats are almost similar. You know what I mean? I just, I I don't know, just something about the way that like Patrick Mahomes wills games to a victory. It's just, it's just different. And some of the shit that he does is like, I just don't know if we'll ever see that, you know, I don't know. We've never seen that like that before. So it's just, it's just different. I don't know. But unless you guys have anything else, no, that's pretty much the show. If we miss anything guys that happened this past week, let us know. Um, I know there was a ton of other stuff that went on, but um, if you like the, would you rather uh, segment, let us know. Maybe we'll do like, you know, cornerbacks, linebackers and uh, edge rushers or something. Uh, you know, edge rushers or something next week or something like that. But, but yeah, we'll catch you on another episode of two minute drill next week. Thank you everyone for listening to another episode of two minute drill and make sure to follow the show on Instagram at two minute drill podcast. D-D-S. Don't forget to follow deep.dive.sports on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And you can listen to all of our shows wherever you get your podcasts. Also comment on all our posts. 
in episodes. We would love to hear what you think about the show and what we talk about each week. And as always, two minute hero listeners, until next time.